Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. Thanks for joining us. We don't do small talk here. When we get outside and slightly uncomfortable, we get real, and we aim to continue these conversations here on this podcast. My name is Megan Fanning, and I'm the owner of Zendurance Now Coaching, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan, one of our coaches. Let's talk, let's get uncomfortable, and let's see where the conversation goes. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now only. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making a questionable decision, please seek out a qualified medical or psychological professional. Sean, what's happening? Not much, Megan. It's, you know, a beautiful day here in Connecticut. It's smoking hot. It's been hot all week. What's been going on with you? Lots of work. Um, it's also smoking hot here in New Hampshire. I did my run this morning at like 10 o'clock and I still feel like I died of the heat. I was like wilting. And Sean, we have a special guest today. Who are we talking to today? So I think we are talking to one Miss Sarah Simmons. She's uh, been a long time endurance now athlete. I think I've been coaching Sarah. Fuck for like five five years now is that right sarah yeah i think i don't know if it's only been five years i feel like it's been longer than that it's felt like it's felt like 20 felt like an eternity (laughs) (laughs) but the sarah the reason we wanted to have you on one because we love you and adore you of course but you are you mean we have a we have a number of Zendurance now athletes that we've had for for a long time and you know I always tell my athletes that the longer we work together the easier it gets because it's sort of like I don't know I, I visualize it like dancing you just get to know how the other person moves how they how they react how you know just how they communicate but the other thing that's pretty cool about you is that you have actually been able to utilize kind of the whole Zendurance Now coaching crew. Um, Because while Sean writes your programming, um, Sean and I were talking about this before the call, you know, Sean will write the programming and you also use me. (laughs) So I I end up answering a lot of coaching questions too. So you are definitely part of the Zendurance Now family for sure. Just so you know, Megan responded there said that it was mostly that you call Megan and then complain about my coacher. <gasps> Never. <laughs> All right, maybe every now and then. I don't really, I don't know that I complain about your coaching, Sean. Mm. Not my coaching, just what I'm having you do. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I complained to everybody about that. And then I'm like, huh, I pay for this, so maybe I should shut up and do it. Well, you just walked into our Sean, the debate that Sean and I always have going about the nature of the word suffering and why we do this and and what it means to us. So, yeah, you do pay for this. Yeah, you you pay for you pay for this privilege. Exactly. And yeah, keeping in. Yeah. Keeping in mind that it is a privilege and that. um, I'm lucky to be able to do what I do. You know, and I'm lucky to be able to get out on the track and do speed workouts. And but Sean writes these writes these 
workouts that I'm like, I'll, I'll open them and I'll look at them and be like, yeah, I can't do that. Why do you think I can do that? What is that? Wh- what are you thinking? Like, there's no way. And I'll. And you do either, it. Yeah. And then I go out there and I do it right. Like, especially a track workout and I do it. And I'm like, I think I've texted Sean after every single track workout I've ever done with like a little report, like, Oh my God, I actually did that. I can't believe it. Or yeah, that I missed the mark, but I worked really, really hard. Um, and, and honestly, I've had more, Oh my God, I actually did that, especially with track than with anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think being surprised about what you can do, um, and having a, I don't know, having a coach know what you can do is, is, is important. I think sometimes when I, when I program, sometimes I program to push you into realms that are uncomfortable and look scary. Um, sometimes I put programming in to see where you're at, to test where you're at. Um, and so sometimes those are, those are the workouts that sometimes you're like, Hey, I came up short and I'm like, but that's okay. That's like what I wanted to see. I wanted to see where you were, uh, and be able to make an assessment from that. Um, and I see, I, I see Sean's programming. I, it's, it's, I don't think I've ever looked at anything he's ever given you and it seemed off ever. Not like not once it's, it's yeah. always stuff that you can do. And then some Megan says yeah. I'm soft on you. Oh, I love how Sean's like Sean's, <laughs> Sean's just literally making stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Sean is soft on me, I I yeah. Let's not let's let's not go there because I don't even want to imagine what it would look like. Um. But yeah, I was I was thinking about my very first um run camp. Because I had never trail run before. And so Sean invited me up to um, go try trail running. Uh, So we drove up, you know, I drove up to Killington. I brought my son. I forget how old he was at the time. He was old enough to drive. Um, Thank God, because he drove me home. Um, Because I don't think I've ever, including after a marathon, I have never been as sore as I was after my first weekend at run camp, because I was just trying to keep up with the cool kids the whole time and, um, trying to, uh, trying to not panic. Cause I was so far out of my comfort zone. Like we were in, you know, we were in the middle of the woods and I didn't know where I was. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how, but we know always know where we you were are. Gonna go. I know you always knew. And what I also didn't know is that there was always somebody who was with me. Like there was always somebody who um, was kind of programmed, if you will, to stay at the back of the pack and uh, make sure that everybody was on trail. And like, you know, um, I also didn't know that they kind of drew straws that year at run camp and that I was not the short straw, which made me feel great. (laughs) Um. We but don't yeah, that... ever deliberately try to break people. Like no. we push, I know we push people really hard, but I think we push people 
well, I know we push people with the end goal of increasing their confidence because I think yeah. all of us are always so much more capable than we know we are. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. If I think back to what it was like from that very first run camp to what I'm capable of doing now, it's, it's honestly, it's to me, it's nothing short of miraculous. Like I know that that's a big word and, um, but honestly, even just little stuff like not being afraid of being in the woods by myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I think about, I think when we, when we started talking about me coaching you, you're like, eh, I kind of do tries, like, like sp sprint and Olympic tries. Yeah. And I do a half marathon. I'm never going to do a marathon. Yep. And then <laughs> famous last words, you know, like two, it, it, we coached that way for, for pretty much the better part of probably two years. Um, I mean, you did, you, you PR a, a 5k early on and it working mm -hmm. with, you know, just, just, just from doing structured workouts and stuff like that, that like, um, produced, produced a PR much later in life than people typically PR 5ks. And then, um, and then you're like, I think, I think I might want to do a marathon. And then yeah. it was like, all right, well, I've done that. I think maybe, maybe I'm going to do a 50 miler. And so like, I mean, you've gone from, I'm never going to run a marathon to completing uh, a 50 mile. Yeah. And to going, and to going all the way out to Colorado and DNFing one, which, um, you know, getting over the disappointment of failing, of trying and failing. Um, and on that trip out to Colorado, I remember a, a friend of, a mutual friend of ours uh, was asking me about coaching with you, Sean, and, uh, and was saying like, you know, what's your favorite thing about being, having Sean as a coach? And I was like, well, you know, if I have like a little, something that I feel like might be an injury or the beginning of an injury. I talked to him about it and, and we figured out. So number one, I was getting injured a lot less. I was like, and number two, I keep getting older, but I keep getting faster. I was like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, as you age, you're supposed to get slower, but you know, and, and I think it's also, I didn't grow up running. I grew up swimming. Um, and that's all I did, uh, you know, so I swam competitively from the time I was four and I haven't necessarily gotten faster in the water, but I didn't really want to get faster in the water. Um, so I think I'm lucky in that way that because I wasn't a super fast runner in high school and college that I am able to PR now as an older athlete. Um, and that I, I keep getting stronger, which is um, pretty amazing. And I, I remember telling that athlete that out when we were all out in Colorado. Um, and, and I think he hired you right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, right, like it's, it, and, I, and I, I really try and stress this. And I think, I think, a, a, I think any, good coach 
should or does do this. I don't think um, every coach does, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta really pay attention to your athlete and the things that they are telling you. And it's kind of how it's kind of that interaction and that, that trust between your athlete and what your athletes telling you um, is what goes a long way to preventing injuries. Like you have to, you have to be able to analyze what they're doing um, and then listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth and, or in their text and um, be able to discern that to, to help prevent, prevent injury. Right. So like, that's a big part. I've, I mean, I was just talking to Megan about another athlete that I have um, that that has been struggling with some stuff and um, physically, not like not not um, her her. She has there's like she's had she's basically been uh, fighting a cold for for the better part of a a month, and I'm like mm. you just got you got to shut it down for the weekend. You just you need to you need to recover. We need to get that before before your body starts to reject the training that you're doing and then you start to break down and then then you have an injury and then it's instead of being three days you're out for two weeks or whatever the case may be i mean running is a sport that you can get injured at any given time um (laughs) just by twisting an ankle so to speak (laughs) i think one of the biggest mistakes that i made early on and this was when i had first started zendurance now and before you sean And I had a bunch of athletes, um, way too many. And I remember one day I was talking to one of my athletes and I got her work confused with somebody else's. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but I had to take a step back from there. And I was like, okay, I'm not taking any more athletes for a while, but it was, it's important for me to, to know what's going on in my athletes life. I need to know how they're getting along with their partner. I need to know what they do for a living. I need to totally understand their work schedule. I need to know that they hate eating breakfast and they always eat heavy at night and silly things like that. Because if there are so many coaches out there that, and it drives me nuts, they don't they don't really talk to their athletes or they'll say, well, you know, we can, we can talk for a half hour once a month and, you know, and people get pre-programmed, um, just templates. Uh, and it, and it drives me nuts because I think that's, I think that's how we get injured. And I think we, most of us have coaches because we know what to do, but for some reason we just can't carry it out. And so being supported, you know, hopefully allows our athletes to do what they want to do and carry out those things that they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. Why yeah, did you, I, why'd you choose? I would, go ahead. I, I would say I had no idea what to do. Like I remember somebody when I was doing sprint tries, somebody mentioned or asked me how many brick workouts I did. And I was like, what's a brick workout? (laughs) And I mean, I was still managing the podium in my age group. uh, Cause you can swim. You can swim there as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd come out of the water first. Um, um, (laughs) I remember my first couple of tries just like I, you know, I had, I'd, I had swum in, in a lane by myself. 
<laughs> you know? So now I'm like, wait, what is this getting kicked by people and having to like swim over people thing? This is, this is scary. Um, that's a rude, that's a rude awakening when you first start triathlons. <laughs> yes. But I had no idea what I was doing. I just, you know, put some workouts together. I didn't go online. I didn't, um, you know, but I had enough of a basis of strength. I didn't even like my bike. I didn't like riding a bike, which is probably why I don't triathlon now. Cause I don't really like <laughs> riding my bike. I especially don't like riding my bike on the road. Um, cause I'm always afraid I'm going to get hit by a car. You need a gravel bike. I'm telling you, it well, is I, a, it's a game changer. I absolutely, I have my gravel bike and I have my mountain bike and I can ride my gravel bike on the road. It's just fine. And I do, but, um, to be able to take my gravel bike out on the trails in the dirt, you know, cause there's tons of dirt roads around here. Um, you know, I can get in a lot of miles and never see anybody. Don't have to worry about cars. Um, it's nice. Yeah, I would probably like that better. Um, no, you but, wouldn't. No, I don't. Yeah, I think you're. You right don't like that. riding a bike. <laughs> I don't. Because <laughs> you don't. you literally live near the next to a rail trail that you could have ridden on every day. I know. I I liked riding my bike back and forth to work from time to time, but even that, I was like, eh. It, what it's like to have a coach? They call you on your shit as soon as you say it. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Sean knows me so well; it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, no, I'm, I'm also, yeah. So, yeah, and even with, um, even with like long distance running, I have no idea what to do. And, and honestly, like, you know, so I was training for this 25k, and uh, and Sean was having me do two hour runs, and they weren't that hard, and they felt pretty easy and great. And then I just kept doing two hour runs, and then I was like, "Are you sure I'm actually going to be able to finish a 25k? Like, what is this? This has been so easy." And, and uh, another friend of mine was like, "Oh, don't forget, you're putting the hay in the barn." And I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, okay. If I just trust that if he says I can do it, then." So far, he hasn't, you know, I mean, except for Colorado, which we all knew. I mean, I I didn't realize what a stretch that was until I went out there and tried to do it. But I know that Sean knew that that was a real reach for me. And how um, people adapt to, um, to elevation is really, yeah. I mean, some people just have a physiological advantage. I mean, it is important to go out there ahead of time. Um, and acclimate and, and get used to, you know, get used to the elevation. But for some or, people, or it's harder. The, or show up the morning of. That's the two options. Mm -hmm. about, yeah, exactly. A week, yeah. A, a week and a half plus or like the morning of the race. That's that's it. Um, but, I mean, we and that was one of the things, right, like having a coach. I discussed that with you. I said it, we, we had discussions about this is going to be a stretch of your abilities. This is going to be like – this will really, really push you and, and test you. Um, I think, and, and I said to you, I was like, if everything goes well, you should be able to finish the race. If like something goes south, it, it might be, it might be a push for cutoffs. Right? And, <laughs> and, 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 and I think, right. Like you had, you had some, right. You, you I'm not, you have, you have some, breathing issues right and like, yeah I have some pretty significant asthma well that wasn't the only thing that went south right so like 
uh, just about everything went south. So, um, yeah, my asthma really got bad with the elevation after the first six miles. I didn't eat. I like completely forgot to eat in between aid stations. So even though I had practiced eating on all my long runs, <laughs> I would go, I went like two and three hours without eating. And then I'd be nauseated when I got to the aid station. And by the time I got to Rabbit Ear Pass, there were wildfires on the opposite side of the pass. So my asthma kicked way back up. And as I was trying to get up to the pass, um, I remember my, I was trying to speed hike and I kept slowing down and slowing down. And then my knees buckled a couple of times and I was like, oh, this is not looking good for me. But there was a playing card at Rabbit Ear Pass that you had to get and then bring it back. And I was like determined to get that playing card. Like if I wasn't going to finish, I just wanted to get the card. <laughs> so I just kept going and my, <laughs> I was like really struggling breathing. And um, luckily I had read the book um, by Myrna. I forget the name. Oh, A Beautiful Work in Progress where mm -hmm. she talked about getting swept from a race in Georgia. Do you remember that race, Sean, that she wrote uh, about? I don't know. Um, I thought it was the same one that you did, Sean. I can't it, come I, up I mean, it might be. If it is, it's Georgia Death Race would be the race. Yes, that's it. It was, yes. it was Georgia Death Race, yes. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with the name, yeah. So she got swept from Georgia Death Race, and she talked about um, what a sweeper was in the book, and she talked about being courteous to the sweepers because they're volunteers and they're out there trying to keep you safe. And so this woman came down the trail from Rabbit Ear Pass and I saw her and I knew that she was a sweeper and I did not want to get swept. Like I was like, I just want to get to the pass. Like, just, I mean, you know, but then I, you know, I was like, you know, everything went wrong and, um, yeah, so she she was like, I forget her name, but she introduced herself as my sweeper. And uh, we gathered a couple of other people that I had been yo-yoing with along the way, coming back from the pass. And and then um, my, well, Dan, who had also DNF'd, he had DNF'd the 100-miler. He had gone back to the condo and got cleaned up and then instead of going to sleep like a normal human being, he got into the car to see if he could meet me at one of the rest areas. Sir, we are not normal people. And this, is, know, what we, this right? is what we do for each other. Welcome to the Zendurance Now family. Uh, right? <laughs> this is what but we do. Yeah, of it's course. Like, I don't think people realize that. When we talk about the trail running community, I yeah. don't think people realize that like instead of, instead of, him going home and feeling sorry for himself and taking a shower and taking a nap and eating a big meal. Um, he immediately thought, how can I go support somebody else? Right. Right. And he came up, he saw Kelly, uh, who was my other crew person. And, and she said, I'm pretty sure she's going to get cleared from, she's not going to make it beyond this. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to make the time cut off um, when I doubled back to her. And, and Dan was like, well, let's hike up and find her. And so here I am getting swept and I, I was heartbroken. Um, I was trying not to cry. I was just trying to hold it together. 
And here comes Dan and Kelly, like, walking up towards me. And Dan, I remember him looking at me and going, it's okay. Right? And I just sat. He's like, come on, let's sit down. You need to cry. And then he looked mm-hmm. at my hands and he's like, and you need some salt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't cry too hard. Hold on to the salt. <laughs> right? No, he, he, like, made me eat some potato chips. And he's like, I just want you to take a second and, like, look around, though, because you made it here. Right. Right. And, it's and like, I don't I don't think you you preface this with calling it a failure and I do not see it as a failure. I was going to yeah. say something when you said it then, but, I, you know, I just let you go on with your story. But I think you took more out of that race than had you actually finished it. Now, I'm sure you would have preferred to finish it, but I think what what you were able to learn and what you were able to get um, about yourself, about running, about our community, um, about the beauty of mm-hmm. what we do was quite profound. I agree. I agree. And, and it gave me a lot of, um, grit, even though training for the next 50, I had a lot of really hard moments. My, um, um, my health was kind of out of whack last summer. If you remember, um, oh, I remember. both my, yeah, I know. Sorry. Sean. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still I knew I wanted I knew I wanted to finish one. Like I, you know, and so having not finished having DNF'd, I I felt like mm-hmm. I had a lot more um grit than it I would have had. Otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, maybe as my comeback and uh your um redemption we could go out there together and and finish and finish that race because i need a comeback race yeah i was so, thinking of that i was thinking of that megan because now that you and be i are so close mm-hmm. right yeah i was like that'd be Ooh. fun yeah it's a you beautiful come, race right you yeah. could come stay at my house so we could train together i could go stay at your house we could train together that would work yeah yeah and i've been blessed in my life to not have issues at elevation, I never have. However, just because I never have doesn't mean I won't. And I don't ever trust that. I would always train and prep like my body was going to to really fight it. So yeah. I could say from personal experience, I went out and ran Ron Rabbit Run. 2019, I think it was, 18. Um, it was the year before you guys all went out, um, mm-hmm. and I ran it and I, I was out there a week and a half, no issues with elevation while I was out there. Um, I went out and did crude and paced for Tahoe, uh, 200 where I was up above seven and eight, no issues. But this last time when I was in Cocodona and I was up on the Coconino Plateau, um, I had, I mean, I had my, my breathing rate and, um, my execution at above 7,000 was markedly different than what I had experienced in the past. Like, and maybe it'll be that way from going forward, or maybe that was a one-off. So like you, you don't, sometimes it's just, it's just the way it hits you on that day. You hope yeah. for the best and you plan for the worst. I was I was gonna say, Sean, when um I had gone skiing, 
out in Colorado, I think a year or two before I went out to run the 50. Um, and I had no problem with elevation. So I kind of assumed that it wouldn't be a factor. Um, I mean, I, I knew, I knew that you had told me that it, it was going to be a factor and we had prepared for it to be a factor, but it was, I remember we, um, you know, so we were out there for, I think 10 days beforehand. And, uh, <laughs> one of the first, one of the first few days we drove out to Leadville, myself and the other people we were with. And, um, I met up with, uh, Dan and Josh in Leadville. And then we were going to just go like for a run on a bike path in Leadville. And they were like, now nah, let's go out to the continental divide trail. And we drove even further out to this ghost town outside of Leadville and started out on the Continental Divide Trail. But when I got out of the car in the ghost town, it felt like I was standing on the top level of a parking garage. Like I thought that the ground was actually physically moving. (laughs) 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 And I was like, what is this? And Josh, right, the emergency room doctor is like, ah, that's just a little altitude sickness. Have some water. You'll be fine. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so if you say water. so. I mean, it worked. I had some water and I felt much better. And then we, and then we started out on the Continental Divide Trail. So yeah, 10 days out in Colorado. I don't regret that. You know, I mean, I got to run on the Continental Divide Trail. I got to see almost, well, technically I saw all of the course for the 50 miler. Because although I didn't make it up to the top of Rabbit Ear Pass, I had made it up to the top of Rabbit Ear Pass uh, a couple days before that. Um, it was pretty amazing. And there was a woman at one of the aid stations who was a speech and language pathologist. And um, I know this because by the time I got there, my, I, my, my lungs were just getting really tight. It was getting closer and closer to the pass. And as I got close to the pass, I could smell the wildfires and they were, it was really messing with my asthma and my lungs just felt tighter and tighter. And she was like, listen, I'm going to teach you how to relax your vocal cords. You need to relax your upper body. And she like talked me all the way through it. And she's like, we're filling up your vest. And she just calmed me all the way back down. My lungs like settled in. And that's the other thing people don't get when like the people at crew stations are so crucial to us being able to do these races and just the kindness of strangers, you know, she didn't know me. And, um, yeah, the experiences I've had at aid stations with different volunteers, it's incredible. Yeah. Right. They're just so gracious. And, and she was like, what's your name? And I, you know, I told her my name is Sarah and she was like, Sarah, I'm going to see you on your way back. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. You know, and I'm kind of, I'm really pretty bummed I didn't get to see her again. <laughs> but until next time, maybe she'll be out there when we go do it. <laughs> right, right. That would be awesome, Megan. And so I got Sarah, to see a moose and its babies. Sorry, um, sidetrack. Not well, while I was running, though. While we were standing on the deck, which which was much safer way to see a moose and its babies. Yeah. We um, we also, when we were out there, saw a moose in the ski village down at steamboat it's ridiculous the prevalence of moose in that area and their comfort with being around 
I guess around society. I think we we talked about that on our we had we had a pot we had Josh on and we were talking about the prevalence of animals invading like suburban areas and moose are what would have taken over and become comfortable being around people in the Colorado steamboat area for sure. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Sarah. So for people listening that have always wondered about having a coach, getting a coach, talking to a coach, paying for a coach, like what, what would you say to them? If somebody said to you, Hey, um, should I get a coach? What, what is it like? I mean, what would your, your high level, your high level I mean, spiel to them I don't know be. how many, I don't know how many athletes I'm thinking of four athletes y'all have had that I've seen, you know, said, yes, definitely have a coach. They're great. Um, I think only one is still being coached by his endurance, but, um, anyway, I can't speak to it enough. Um, You know, so I think I I hired Sean because I like winning. I'm not a person who can, like, play board games. Um, (laughs) Because if I start to lose, like, as a kid, I would just flip the game. Um, I I like, you know, I mean, as as a little kid swimming, I uh, I won a lot. (laughs) Not not as much as you did, Sean. But I, I won a lot, and um, and I would also set myself up in races to win a lot. So, so I, when I started doing sprint triathlons, I was pretty good at them, like I said, and I would podium. And then I kind of got slower and slower, and I wasn't podium. And I was like, well, this kind of stinks. I don't want to go and not win. Like people were like, oh, just go to enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, that's not like. It's just not who I am. It's not in my nature. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're just going to do a sprint try. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go and do, like, an... Well, even if you're going to go and do an ollie. But, you know, an Ironman, I could see doing it to, like, see if you can do it. Right? Like, I wouldn't expect to win at that level. Um, I would expect to try to finish. But anyway... That's why I hired Sean, right? It was because I knew if you're gonna, I was doing, if you were gonna do it, you wanted to do it well. Yes, and I also knew I was doing something wrong. Like I kept getting injured, and my knees kept hurting. And people would, you know, I'd go see a physical therapist, and they'd say, "Well, you can run every other day," or they'd say, "You know, you're just getting kind of old. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this stuff." And that was mm-hmm. like 15 years ago, you know. Um, that's a load of crap. I know. Right. (laughs) It's so frustrating. And I just saw the sports med doc today and she was like, I'm so glad you're still doing all this stuff. Um, and it was just getting to the point where I was getting really frustrated because it felt like every workout I did, you know, my, my, I have an old shoulder injury and my shoulder would act up or my knees would act up or, um, at one point I really struggled with, um, PF with plantar fasciitis and it's all stuff that Sean has helped me work through. Um, you know, and he's the voice of reason too. Like, no, now it's actually time to go see a physical therapist for that. Or, you know, have you thought about like massage and, um, chiropractory or have you been rolling or have you been taking your supplements? And I'm like, no, I haven't been rolling. I hate foam rolling. (laughs) 
<laughs> stretching and foam rolling. Why would anyone do that? You know, um, and I'll stop doing that without a coach telling me to do it. I will stop foam rolling, which is like, I think for me, after running is the most important thing I can do, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so mobility is important. You guys yeah, want to know how much of a nerd I am, and you already know how much of a nerd I am, but in in my recovery from the leg reconstruction, so I work out, you know, I'll do my cardio, I'll do my weights, and I actually look forward to the stretching and mobility part at the end because I actually feel like I'm working my leg and I'm working my ankle and I'm working out the discrepancies, and it's not just my leg and ankle. I mean, today I did a lot of work on my upper back. Um, I also have an injury from the bike crash on my, on my right shoulder, but you know, I noticed I did a lot of work on my right shoulder and scapula and it makes such a huge difference. But if I don't do this work, then the strength and the cardio that I've worked so hard on just tend to tighten me up. And I really wish that many years ago, I wish that I had understood the importance, the importance of it. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be a long time. I mean, I'd be lying if I was said I was down, you know, doing it for an hour or so. It's not, it's not that long, um, but it just makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's made, I, I remember texting Sean, I was um, running at Mount Tom and my knee started to get really tight. My right knee was just like when I was running downhill and, you know, I pulled out my phone, I texted him and he was like, you know, pull over and rub. Have you been foam rolling? And I was like, of course no. not, fool. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we'll pull over and really rub above your knee and, um, you know, do a little self massage and see if you can't loosen that muscle. up." So I did. Lo and behold, the rest of the run was fine. I was like, oh man, I really, really, I just don't do it. Um, and even today, so I get home from the sports med doc and I take, I took a picture of the exercises she told me to do. And I sent them to Sean because now I am responsible, right? Like, I'm like, these are the things that I'm supposed to be doing. These are the things that she told me. And when I go to physical therapy on Monday, um, they'll give me other exercises and I will give them to Sean because he will put them into my plan. And if I see them in my plan, then I do them. I was, um, I was joking about that with Megan. I was like, oh. I was like, Sarah sent me pictures of all her, her stuff. And I was like, I haven't gone through it all, but it all looks like stuff that I've already programmed for her at one time or another. Absolutely. I <laughs> sent that to the sports med doc. I was like, oh, these are all exercises that my coach has given me in the past. And she's like, so do you just stop doing them if he doesn't put them? <laughs> this was her exact question. So do you just stop doing them if he doesn't put them on your schedule? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And she's like, that might not be the best idea. <laughs> well, it, 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 I'll, and I'll say this, like it, it, it depends on what you're working on. If you have, I mean, like a lot of them are, are prehab or rehab exercises. So if we're focusing on trying to eliminate a other possible issue or gain strength, like they might go to the, to the side until they are, are needed until we find that like you're saying, oh, well, I'm having issues with like ankle mobility or I'm having some other issues. Because a lot of times, just the regular, like, mobility stuff with, like, foam rolling and stuff will take care of a lot of that stuff. But yeah. these are 
more prescriptive exercises. But if, I've, I'm pretty sure I've given you like almost every one of these in the past as part of yeah, workout you have. stuff. You have. Because so. it's ABCs with my ankle. It's all the stuff that you've given. And so that's the other thing, right? Like people don't understand that um, coaches also, when you're complaining, I'm weak in my knee or, you know, my knee is hurting on the outside. You all have enough exercise physiology that uh, you can say, okay, well, let's do these uh, glute workouts. And I'm like, glute workouts? Why am I doing glute workouts? My knee hurts, you know? Um, Well, I'm doing glute workouts because the reason that my knee hurts is because my glutes are weak, which is very common in, I don't know about male athletes, but according to the physical long distance, long distance runners, it's pretty common. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so finding that balance of strength training and running and also saying like, I can't, I can't run like this all the time. I hate it. I'm starting to hate every single workout. What else can I do? Like, um, when, cause I got, I mean, last summer I got really burnt out at one point. I had a wicked temper tantrum on a run. <laughs> I know more than one, but there was one day where I, I think I was supposed to run for four hours and I got to the trails and I started out at the DAR and there was no reason for me not to do it. I was well prepped. I felt fine. I started out on the run. I got about a mile and a half out. It was a gorgeous day. And I just, I just was like, nope, not today. Can't. I think you were on the phone with me during, during that. I think so. But I don't know, but that is, that's so important to pay attention to. And again, like I always felt that if we have too many athletes, if we aren't paying attention to our athletes, like we should be, those are the signs that we miss. If you don't, if you weren't talking to us, you know, but a half hour a month or, you know, whatever was prescribed, that may not come up. You know, you just may not mention it, but that's, you know, burnout's important because, Typically, emotional burnout is going to happen before physical burnout does. And emotional burnout, I think, is easier to fix than some of the severe injuries that can come from physical burnout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with that um, uniqueness, feeling like I'm probably the only one who's ever had a hard time on a 17-mile run in 90-degree heat. Um. And so those are hard. Me, wait a minute. Like, those are hard for you. What are you talking about? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and also just feeling really slow, like I'm slower than everybody else is all is kind of the mantra that I tell myself. And you know, honestly, like who who cares? <laughs> who cares if I'm slower than everybody else trying to do 17 miles in you know 90 degree heat? And um but it's been, it's really helpful for me to run with other people. And it's also really helpful for me to crew for other people. So I crewed, um, for Matt when he was doing his hundred miler recently. What was that? October? I think you helped mm-hmm. me too. You helped me during the 888. Oh yeah. I loved, well, my first time crewing ever, Megan is how I met you. That's true. Should That's true. about that? Crewing for yeah. Sean. But yeah. we can't talk about the socks. Nope. No socks. No socks. 
<laughs> no socks. Well, Sarah, you and I hadn't met, and um, and Sean, you had set up your crew. Um, so, um, your wife, your sister-in-law, me and Sarah, and I'd met, I'd met your wife, um, hadn't met your sister-in-law or Carrie or, or Sarah rather. And you said, oh yeah, you'll totally get along with everybody. You'll be fine. And then, so Sarah, you and I did the first half of the race Yeah. and, and I think we, Vermont roads and GPS, we got so horribly lost and we were so petrified about missing Sean that I think we bonded in, um, we bonded in, in desperation, but also Sarah, you are like me. Um, I don't do small talk. Um, I don't have any room for small talk and it's actually a little bit awkward for me as a human, um, to do small talk. Like if we're going to talk it, there needs to be a purpose to our communication or we need to be talking about something significant. That's just how my brain works. And so you and I in my van, um, I think just bonded over maps, <laughs> yes. maps and, and life. And we realized how much, how much our life, our lives had in common. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the, way, by the way, you guys did all miss me. We did. But you did we missed but you, you at, your, at the first aid station, Sean, and I was so upset. I, I, I didn't yeah, fully yeah. understand the directions. Um, yeah. and how it all worked like yeah. and my job was to navigate so that was totally on me that was all my fault Sean the um, one I was the one I was worried about missing you at and actually super stressed and I wouldn't and I was like oh God, I actually yeah. ran I physically ran to this one like we we got to this aid yeah. stage it was the one where you were worried about having to be weighed Wade. because you Sean you were so stressed about that aid yep. station and I think we made it there. We parked. I literally took supplies in my arms and just like bolted. bolted. Remember, it was then. So the way that we found you, Sean, is that you were keeping pace with a horse. I don't know if you know this. So, so <laughs> yeah, for all true. of you that don't know, Sean was running the Vermont 100, and yes, that's 100 miles, and um, it's also a horse race. And so the way that Megan and I were finding Sean is that there was this one horse and this <laughs> female rider with long braids. And if we could find that horse, we could find Sean. And that's, that's how we kept True. finding you is that, okay, there's the horse here comes yeah. Sean. And then you would be after the horse. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So like, as long as we could find that dang horse. And so Megan and I are like running down from this one parking area and I'm like, <laughs> there's the horse, there's the horse. And we were just flying. And that's the one that you were most concerned at. That's where you started. I started um, making sure your calves were all right. Cause your calves were getting tight. Oh, I forgot about that. Right. Yeah, Cause after that, calves out. after that aid station, because again, I was not going to miss you with that one because I knew that you emotionally needed us to be there. We we got you all taken care of. We drug the you dragged that dang cooler around, and we almost <laughs> stole we almost stole somebody else's cooler, which was a total accident. Um, you, and you then can. yeah, yeah. And then when we were all done, I am not a hugger, and I was so stressed. <laughs> I looked at Sarah and I said, "I could use a hug." Now, in our entire friendship, both of you. Have I ever looked at you and said, I could use a hug? That's not my, no. that's not my, it was, oh my God. It was like, we, we had, we had gotten you, you didn't get weighed, 
You didn't eat too much because you were concerned about eating too much. Um, we got you everything you need. Sarah took care. Sarah took care of your legs, and then it was like, okay, exhale. And then we just kind. Yeah. I think we just sort of sat there and we're like, holy and crap. I don't know <laughs> what it's like to run that course, but to crew it, like yeah, it's a different animal. It was yeah, so beautiful, Sean. I mean, it was stressful, yeah. but the. I'm not sure what the trails are like, but my God, I had never seen, like we drove up in the middle of the night to reach you. Um, I heard you in the last podcast talking about that's the point where you were like, no, I just need my wife. I remember I found you out on the trail and I was like, Sean, what do you need? What do you need? Do you need this? And I remember I grabbed you. I grabbed Sarah. I'm like, leave him alone. (laughs) Right? Because I was so like jazzed because we had found you and, um. I'm also a tiny bit ADHD and I was really overtired and And I was like, he needs Carrie a ding dong walk away. (laughs) Right. And I remember you giving Carrie a hug and then I, so like my job was done, you had Carrie. And so I walked away and I laid down and I just looked up and the sky where we were in Vermont was so big and the stars were so bright and that was pretty amazing. I remember that very yeah, like clearly. You, yeah. You were doing this incredible, miraculous thing that I'd never seen any human being do before. And you were keeping pace with a horse. It like all of it. <laughs> and like Megan and I had survived like driving around with no GPS. <laughs> and like my really I had gotten much better at giving directions. And we're like, and we're like, are we gonna be best are we are we best friends now? <laughs> so I, I think I like you. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Megan and I had decided we were besties pretty much. At one point during the uh, during the during crewing fusion for that race, um Megan was driving and I looked over to the side of the road and it still seems unreal to me. Somebody had zebras like in a fenced-in yard in the middle of Vermont. Like why would you have zebras? Like I get horses or goats or pigs, but zebras. And then I said to Megan, Megan, there's zebras. And as I was turning my head to tell her about the zebras, there was a rainbow. <laughs> so now we often talk about zebras and rainbows. We we talked about that on the last podcast. I think it came up in the weird stories or it, by the time this airs, it'll probably be three podcasts prior. But yeah, in the weird stories episode, because I was so mad because I remember you and Carrie we're like, oh my God, there's a zebra. There's a rainbow. And I'm like, shut up, you guys. I'm trying to navigate. I can't miss the road. Like I was afraid to look. I was afraid to take my head off the road for two seconds to look at the stupid zebra and the rainbow. <laughs> oh God. So yeah. so I was up there um, volunteering and pacing Vermont 100 this past week. And it had just gone, it, 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 as we're recording this, it happened last weekend. Um, and uh, we had our, our other coach, Sam, ran it and ran well. He killed um, it. <clears throat> excuse me. One of our other athletes ran it and uh, had a very good run. Um, and I got to I got to be up there. And you, you talk about the the community of of running and and what it is. And I was at Camp Ten Bear, which is which is the aid station that Megan was running up to me because I was concerned about getting weighed at. It's the it's a 40-mile mm. aid station, 40 and 70. You come through it twice. Um, and I got, to, <clears throat> I got to see, right, like, it, you start doing this stuff long enough. I got to see friends that I haven't seen in years, 
Um, I had to see some great racers come through. Um, I mean, I got I got to see the the women's women's champion, who I think is is an acquaintance of a lot of us here. Um, that that she ran, um, and not once dealing with that, like to, to the level of community, not once dealing with that was anyone angry at anyone was anyone i mean we <clears throat> arguably we have a whole different background slew of different opinions any mm-hmm. of that stuff um you know and everyone was there on the same page helping one another out um runners came through with with good attitudes i mean if if you've never experienced um what it is to be out there in the trail running community like and you're listening to this just take the time to do it um yeah go volunteer at a race definitely i mean it's it's so i think much more fun than you think that it's it's i volunteered i volunteered at mount tom the mount tom eight mile race i think last i couldn't i couldn't run it um and i so i volunteered at it and it was so it was so much fun i mean yeah, if you're even thinking about trail running, right? Like if you think that, oh, maybe I would like trail running, go volunteer at a race because you, you'll you see that it's a, a, such a different community. For me, it's a lot less competitive than the triathlon community. Um, and so that's been really fun. I, find the tri- I found the triathlon community when I first started doing them to be really warm and welcoming. And then... Uh, it felt less and less so, and it felt more and more like a grind and just a lot of speed work. And um, whereas trail running is for me, especially long distance running, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to win. <laughs> and so um, experiencing the joy and like, and uh, helping others, you know, it's so, it's really, it's fun to be good enough to know that like your friend who you admire their skill and their strength will text you and say, Hey, can you pace for me for a run? Like that to me is such a gift, you know? And then, um, cause I got to pace you Sean for like seven miles in Alabama, Pinhoti. Yep. And then I, and then I got to pace, um, Matt, um, back in October with his hundred miler. Um, and that's such a gift too. And I was so intimidated both times because you're both fast runners. And I was like, you're going to drop me. <laughs> we're we're sli- slightly, slightly above mediocre runners. <laughs> no, faster than I am and, uh, in any case. <clears throat> and so I was nervous. But volunteering at a race and seeing, you know, the joy in people's faces. And as you said, like, we're all different backgrounds and different personalities. But um that's been another one of the gifts of, of being an athlete in endurance now too, is, um, Sean really encouraged me to volunteer more. And I, I don't know why, but I never felt good enough to volunteer, which is silly, um, in retrospect, but that's just how it was. And, um, it's been such a gift. It's, and it started with the, it really started with um, my first VMRC and then and then crewing with you, Megan, for Sean. And I think that miracles happen and we can 
bear witness to them when people go outside of their comfort zone and do things that they didn't think they could do. And I found in trail racing and ultra running, yeah, it is different than triathlon because I am super competitive and and sure, I want to win. However, the competition is with me. Like Mm -hmm. I know how I need to do. And whether that means just absolutely finishing you know, dead last, or if it means, you know, I could possibly podium, it's, it's almost irrelevant because it's about pushing, it's about pushing myself and about pushing ourselves beyond what we think we can do. And I, and I know, I absolutely know that makes us better human beings because it's yeah. the name of this podcast, comfortably uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not going to grow. And the cool thing about having a coaching family and a coach and friends is we can teach you the fine line between pain and this is when you need to stop. This is too much. Or if you're just uncomfortable, like, okay, I hear that you're uncomfortable. I hear there's discomfort going on. Push through it. It'll get better. You're going to be just fine. And, mm-hmm. and, and we do that. We do that responsibly. I, I can't think of an instance with any of us that we've pushed an athlete to a point that it's ever been, it's ever been too much ever. I mean, I'm going through my memory. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have anything no, unless I, you do Sean, but I remember um, you saying to me, Megan, like I was going out for a five mile run at Mount Tom and I was supposed to be going steep and I, I don't remember what, but I was really struggling with anxiety. Um, and I remember you saying to me, if you have to cry, cry, if you have to, you know, um, if you have to scream, scream, but go and get it done. Like you're, you're, it was all the anxiety that was getting in my way and, um, learning to work through that. Yes. Stagnation is not our friend. No. Movement movement is a gift. Yeah. And and that's helped me in all aspects of my life. You know, it's not just, that's helped me in more than just trail running. And, and also just like looking at the difference between where I was at when I started working with Sean and where I'm at now. And I remember too, like PRing um, a triathlon, Sean said to me before I did the run, I had only been aqua jogging. I, I, I don't remember what injury I had been battling with that before that particular triathlon, but I had only been aqua jogging. And, um, and he was like, you know, in the run, like he, you know, we had set a goal for the swim. We had set a goal for the bike and he's like, in the run, I want you to make it hurt. Like make it hurt. And I kept hearing him say that and I kept giving it a little bit more and giving a little bit more and giving it a little bit. And that was, I think, one of the fastest 5Ks I've run. Um, and when I got back to the car, before I even text Sean, he had already sent me like in all caps, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's the other thing. Like, you know, when you have a coach, you've got somebody who knows how to track you, knows how to follow you and is there to, oh, we you watch up. you. Yeah. We watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like my first marathon ever showing up at, I don't know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, I was on the school bus going to the start of the marathon. And I look out the school bus window and I was like, that's Sean's car. <laughs> you know? And unexpectedly he was meeting me at my first marathon ever expectedly for him, but I didn't know that he was going to do that. Um, yeah. So I I could talk for hours about how awesome it is to have a coach. Um, 
and have this community of runners. Um, well, we don't, we don't, we don't advertise. We don't, we don't do a lot of marketing this podcast is probably the most we've ever done because I think we get such incredible athletes by word of mouth. Um, everybody we've ever had, um, usually knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, you know, um, and that's, that's why we've been fortunate to have such incredible athletes and friends. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I, I had no idea that you and I were going to be friends. No clue. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. I know. Yeah. I know. And, and look at us now. Yeah. Sean, I think Megan and I talk more than you and I talk, if you can believe that. I, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing us together, by the way, boss. No problem. Um, yeah, I was, you as you were telling stories and stuff like that, I was, I was thinking about, um, I remember was, you, you texted me or called me one time and, uh, and right. Like is, is, is you've, I feel like you've been goosing me up this entire time, um, and which makes me feel great. But I like remember one time you called me, and you're like, I'm having a hard time on this run. And I'm like, Sarah, I'm like 13 miles into like a 20-mile run here, and I'm like dying. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm on my own struggle bus right here. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, did you I call? Did she call me? <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't help you. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's weird. Cause in my head, I was like, that was probably like, not the like best, best thing. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> well, maybe at least she just knows she's not alone. Like just sometimes knowing you're not alone in that yeah. struggle, like it, it, it helps. So. Yeah, no, that was really helpful because I, again, I suffer from that terminal uniqueness and knowing, you know, because I, as, as one of our mutual friends would say, Sean, I put you on too high a pedestal. Um, and I often think that you don't struggle. And so I, I remember that text and I remember thinking, yeah, okay. So if Sean's struggling too, then you're not by your, you're not alone. And and he's out there working in the heat too. So simmer down. This is a treat. You get to do this. This isn't, uh, you know, privilege. yeah, it's well, yeah, especially, you know, so I rolled my ankle, um, like a, a week ago, a week ago, I had a good tumble on the trails. Um, and I texted Sean, when I stopped dry heaving, I texted Sean and was like, I think, you know, I was pretty sure I had actually really injured myself this particular time because we roll our ankles a lot, right? And fall down a lot. And well, I don't, I don't know what's going on this year. I hadn't fallen for a little while. And then this year I fell, fallen like three times, but. Um, we're we're going to get you life alert. <laughs> I know my son, my son, the EMT is like, please tell me you have a GPS tracker on. And I was like, okay, I have a GPS tracker on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're honestly where we run most of the time. Your phone is going to get reception and be able to be tracked anyway. So you're Absolutely. you're pretty okay. Absolutely. So I, you know, I called and I got a ride out that particular this particular time, and I'm coming off of this injury, and I don't get to run for a little while. And uh, and then the sports med doc said today, she was like, you know, maybe starting in two weeks you could start running. And then she was like, let me be more specific. Starting in two weeks, you could start running on flat ground 
maybe on a track or on a treadmill. You cannot so start. Just, just so you know, when I started running again, I tried running on a treadmill. And I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or if it was just prior to one of our podcasts. No, it, I think I think it's I think it actually is covered on the podcast. I think okay. it was the podcast with Sam. I was gonna say I thought it was Sam, but yeah, it it actually hurt. Um coming back Ooh. from an injury using a treadmill. Um, it, my natural gait was a little bit thrown off and it left me sore for quite a while. So even today I thought about that cause it was a little bit later when I was going out running that eh, I could go down on the, in the basement and, and do the treadmill. I thought, nah, it's better to suck up the heat and just, uh, because you know, I'm still running injured. Um, and I'm, you know, trying to, to rehab and, and come back. So, yeah, the benefit of being able to really be conscious of my foot strike and my pace was, you know, I just had to suck up the heat. <laughs> it all, yeah. it also, I think we also discussed it actually thinking about it now uh, on a podcast that hasn't come out yet. Um, Cause I suggested that maybe running on a decline versus running on uh, flat or incline because of your ankle mobility issue. It, it might be, if you were going to run at the treadmill, that that would be an option. Um, and right, like it, it all depends. Like if you're, if you're, if you're working through the ankle and you're at a PT that has like a zero G like treadmill, it'll take right. the, 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 the stress off the ankle. It's, I mean, it's a, equivalent to like aqua jogging and you said you're going right. to have access to a pool and yeah, you know, if she has one of those, Sarah, that's a good idea. Well, we'll work through all that. Yeah. But that's the other thing that people, um, you know, so I'm married to, a. a a former athlete <laughs> uh, who played basketball and was really good at basketball his whole life and sprained his ankle playing basketball and he can't, can't do that anymore and um, never fully rehabbed the ankles, right? And so continually struggles with limited mobility. And I think um, another benefit of having a coach is like all the wisdom that you guys just shared in a couple of minutes, right? It's like, I know that, uh, if the doc suggests treadmill and Sean says, uh, I don't think that's the best idea. There's like, he's got a whole bunch of reasons in his head as to why that's not the best idea. Um, it, it, but, and just so, just so we're on the same page, I wouldn't go against like a, if yeah. a doc is re rest restricting something, I'm not going to tell you, no, you just go do that. Like that's, I'm not, I'm not a licensed medical professional. I just provide different maybe options that might better suit you yes. as far as yes we work with we work with them you yeah. know we yes. find out we find out the advice that um you know that our athletes have gotten and you know we we work with it yes yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on, and thank you for being one of our athletes, and thank you for being our friend. Um, I know I speak for both me and Sean when I say we're really grateful to have you around, So, and we expect to have you around for many years to come. I hope so. I hope so. It's It's been, I mean, what an awesome trip the past five years have been. I'm right? excited to see. I'm excited to see you guys go out to run rabbit run and run a 50 together. That could that be, would be so cool. Yeah. That would just be so, I'm, I'm getting really excited about it, Megan. So yeah. Yeah. No, me yeah. too. Because I've been looking for something. I do have some races in mind. I mean, I am just beginning to run again. 
Um, but you know, I, I, I always have to have goals and I have things that I'm thinking about, but I needed something that I could grasp onto, um, to make it real, even if, even if, but you know, in the future, um, that I can build up I think we should talk about a few, you know, there's, there's, I have, I have some in mind. Yeah. There's some trail running series in the Azores, right? There's like a merit, there's a, a marathon or a 50 in Iceland that I was like, Oh, that might be cool. We yeah, can think absolutely. about Crested Butte. Like, there's so right. many, Megan. So many races, so little time. <laughs> right? I say, I think that that would be a fun, that would be a fun phone call. So, Sarah, as our honored guest, you are picking our outtake song. Can you please tell us what song you picked and why you picked this song? Oh, there were just so many to choose from. Some which I was... Anyway, I chose Break My Soul by Beyonce because, well, it's Beyonce. And I just need to, you know. God damn it, your music choice is so fucking weird. Uh, You shut your face. (laughs) I listened listened to the Zendurance mix so many times and I was like, really, Sean? Really this one? I mean, there's so many good songs. Like, let's, let's not have that conversation, my friend. Um. Oh God! One of your choices was it Nickelback? Is it Nickelback that you? I don't listen to Nickelback. I it was. I think. (laughs) I think you gave me shit for the Journey song. Oh yeah, no, I just hit skip on that one every single time. Okay, but now when I'm whenever I'm running, like the other day, um, one of the Rocky montage songs came up in a playlist, and I can't text people mid-run just because now. I mean, I'm really concentrating when I run. I have to, and but I but I totally think of Sean every time I hear like '80s exercise montage songs, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like Rocky, and I'm gonna go like beat some frozen meat and then i'm gonna have bill hang me out a second story window to do my sit-ups and i got this yeah there's no easy way out man <laughs> i'm telling you go watch vision quest it's a great effing movie anyways i'm sorry i hijack i hijack sarah's choice of song <laughs> that's awesome um yeah sean there were so many songs that were i knew would be particularly irritating to you and honestly <laughs> i tried to pick the one that would be the least irritating and I feel like I should have gone a little harder, but in any case, and this um, is her new, this is her new album, right? This is her new album. It hasn't okay. dropped yet. It's dropping in a week from today. Not that I know that, but it's dropping okay. July 29th. When, when I downloaded this song, um, prior to our podcast, um, the, the, the picture on the front of the album, she's on a, a glistening steed, yes. um, naked, um, and just her nipples are covered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is, it is, I was like, wow, man, that's, that's well, quite a picture. <laughs> here's the other thing, right? Like I like a lot of music, um, that reminds me that what I'm about to do is going to be hard, but it's not going to break me and it's a gift, right? So like one of my favorite songs to listen to when I'm running is Macklemore's, uh, ain't gonna die tonight. And another one is, uh, nice by the carters right like oh, i like to hear to hear music that reminds me that i am i am not going to die that this is a gift that i get to do this um and so break my soul although she definitely doesn't mean it about running um she means it more about what's going on in the world today but uh i find it to be a super uplifting song to listen to while i'm running because 
not only is uh, trail running not going to break my soul, it's it's really going to um, do the opposite. It's feeding my soul while I'm out there doing this really hard thing, even in moments when I'm like, oh, God, it's, you know, I'm not good at this or I'm um, I'm not enough, right? That That voice that tries to take over. I might play a song like Break My Soul to remind me that that's not, that voice is a liar. All right. Well, like Free Fontaine said, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. There you go. All right. On that that note, Beyonce will take us out. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for coming on. We're super grateful for you. Thanks, Sarah Bear. Thanks for having me. Follow. We go round in circles, round in circles, searching for love.